Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the latest edition of our Sublime Insight series. Uh, for today's podcast, I'm joined by Anton- Antonio Carvalho Scheinborn, our regional LATAM specialist, and we're going to be talking about Venezuela. Thanks for joining us, Antonio. Thanks, Katie, thank, and yeah. thank you for having me. Yep. So, obviously, we've all seen in the news that there's a lot going on in Venezuela. Um, what can you tell us about the situation very quickly? <laughs> So the current situation where we are now uh, marks three months uh, since Juan Guaido declared himself as Venezuela's interim president following the the beginning of Maduro's highly disputed second term um, on the 10th of January. Great. So since uh, Juan Guaido has made that announcement, we've seen massive power outages, we've seen uh, soldiers in the streets, all of these things going on in Venezuela. But what, in your opinion, is the most likely scenario that we can expect moving forward? I think in terms of looking ahead to the next three or four months, uh, a swift resolution to the current crisis is highly unlikely. Significant defections by mid or senior ranking military officers are yet to materialize. And while the number of military defections currently estimated over a thousand will continue to rise as the humanitarian situation in Venezuela deteriorates, this hasn't led to any concerted unified military opposition against Maduro. Instead, what we've seen um, is we've seen Maduro become slightly emboldened by this in recent weeks. Uh, And this has led to an escalation in the government's repression tactics against Guaido and his inner circle. So most notably on the 2nd of April, um, the Constituent Assembly, the the uh, government-stacked body, voted to strip Guaido of his parliamentary immunity. Uh, Late in March on the 28th, Venezuela's state comptroller barred Juan Guaido for holding public office uh, for 15 years, citing financial regularities in his accounts. Uh, and this followed the, um, prior to this, sorry, was a high profile of arrest of his chief of staff, Roberto Marrero, from his uh, home in Caracas. Uh, as of yet, uh, the government's reasoning for this is that he was uh, acting as part of a terrorist group. Okay, so it sounds like moving forward, we're going to see kind of a continuation of the status quo as uh, Maduro tries to reassert his power without tipping the boat too much. Do you think that's fair to say? I think so, exactly that. Um, I think Guaido, um, sorry, Maduro will be careful of overstepping the mark, uh, and that red line would be sort of concrete physical action against Guaido. Instead, I think what we'll see is further warning shots from the government against Guaido, and this will play out over the coming weeks and months. As I said, more aggressive action against Guaido or his family is unlikely at this stage, and this is partly down to, uh, addition to Guaido's growing domestic support, he retains strong support from the EU, US, and the majority of Latin American governments. That said, moves to arrest him, now that the government is actually in a position to do so after his uh, parliamentary immunity has been moved, should we have a scenario play out where we see his, um, his prosecution and then arrest, this would certainly be a plausible trigger for a much wider display of violent arrest than we've already seen. Okay, and so say something like that does happen. We've spoken about military defections. Um, we've talked about you know Guaido being arrested. In that case, one, do you deem it likely? And then two, what could we expect to see as a result of that? So um, I think if we t- look in terms of what's going on in Venezuela, I think the uh, you know perfectly credible scenario would be moves against Guaido could see Maduro forced from office by the end of 2019. But for this, we've identified sort of three main triggers for such a scenario to play out. One would be 
a scenario whereby military support uh, it sort of eludes Maduro to the point where senior figures are no, are no longer able to control the armed forces. Um, the second would be uh, further and more acute deterioration of the humanitarian situation. And thirdly, a protracted period of power shortages, which would cause um, significant damage, well, additional significant damage to Venezuela's cross-dependent infrastructure systems. This would see further limitations to water filtration, distribution, emergency services, transport and communications. Okay, so if any of those three things play out, we could see a credible or plausible um, situation with Maduro being forced from power. Um, Do you think that there's another possibly more dangerous situation, more unlikely situation that could come to the same result? I think the sort of certainly the most dangerous um, scenario would be a conventional U.S. Uh, military intervention. The government, the U.S. government, has not publicly ruled this out and has declared that all options are remain on the table. But we assess this to be highly unlikely without a significant uh, escalation of the humanitarian crisis or a direct uh, action against uh, direct action against U.S. nationals or assets by Venezuelan security forces. Now, Guaido's arrest may increase the likelihood of such an intervention. Um, I don't think that would constitute the red line just yet. But that said, um, Caracas will be certainly keen to avoid making such moves to avoid any kind of major provocations. Okay, great. So looking forward, I guess what we've said most credible, most likely is remainder of the status quo. Another plausible scenario is Maduro being forced from office at the end of 2019 based on those three things that you talked about, military defections, uh, deterioration in the humanitarian situation, and a long period of power shortages, as we've seen um, already. So most dangerous, obviously, would be the U.S. coming in with conventional forces, but that's deemed as highly unlikely. Is there any situation where we see this uh, with Maduro voluntarily stepping down? (laughs) I think... (laughs) I think we have to caveat by saying that you know, that is, you know, at this stage, there's no indication of him willing, uh, of him likely to do that. Any kind of move would to, to for that to play out, Maduro would have to be able to present it in the way that he's kind of that that's a win for him. You know, in this scenario, Guaido would probably be voted in as he's the only politician at the moment with a positive net approval rating. However, that said, you know, the challenge doesn't really end with Maduro out of the government, you know, for, for, for the opposition, the challenge doesn't really end with Maduro out of the government. It's then a case of, um, you know, in many ways, rebuilding the country and addressing the underliers of the crisis. Uh, and key to that will be um, economic mismanagement. So kind of wrapping it all up, um, are there any kind of risk areas or big trigger warnings that our clients could look to to see that there's going to be a major change in the situation in Venezuela? I think certainly there are issues that we've already touched on, the humanitarian situation, the power shortages, and crucially time. So just going through those, uh, the humanitarian aid will will remain a key area of contention both domestically and regionally, particularly if if shortages of food, medicines, and other key products become more acute. Guaido and his international allies will continue leveraging this area of vulnerability and seek to create further flashpoints that will test the loyalty of the military and security forces uh, in a bid to galvanise protests. Power outages that we've already touched on, now these remain a key driver of, a key potential driver of a generalised breakdown in law and order. Due to the impact that a prolonged period of power shortages would have on communications, Maduro's ability to coordinate with security forces and in turn the uh, security forces' ability to coordinate amongst themselves will be significantly impacted. Now, what this means is that we could see an increased risk of armed miscalculations, particularly at the border areas in Brazil and Colombia, ahead of forthcoming attempts to bring bring in uh, international aid, notably from the Red Cross, 
as well as a general breakdown in law and order. At the same time, uh, these power failures restricts coordination between Guaido and his allies, and what this does is um, could, could come across as a significant hindrance to uh, opposition momentum. I think, crucially, time, and perhaps a nice way to wrap up, is that time is a factor that works both, for, both against Guaido and Maduro. As a crisis draws on, Maduro will find it harder to retain control of the country's security forces, and by the same token, Guaido will, always, will also face increasing pressure the longer, the longer the status quo remains the same. Public appetite for protest is likely to de- decrease under perceived lack of progress by Guaido, so he'd be keen to sort of be able to mark these, um, his rallies and, and protest movements with some kind of tangible token to say progress is being made. Well, thank you so much for that, Antonio. Uh, Sounds like a great synopsis of the situation that I'm sure that we'll be talking again soon. Thank you very much, Uh, Katie. Thanks to all our listeners. As always, please contact us with any comments or feedback at info at sibyline.co.uk. And we'll hopefully hear from you shortly. Thank you for listening. And we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you'd like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at